Jesus at break time, Jesus at lunchtime, Jesus at 3 o'clock, it's Jesus at 6.44, it'll be Jesus when I go to bed tonight, it'll be Jesus when I get up in the morning. It's always about Jesus. You can't ever get too much of Jesus because that's what the gospel is all about. Amen. I'm afraid that too many in the church today, that's what they're missing is Jesus. You don't even hardly hear his name mentioned in a lot of places. And that's a shame because that's what makes the church the church. Amen. Jesus Christ, he's the son of the living God, and everything is all about him. Amen. It's all about, like that song, it's all about you. All about you, Jesus. Amen. Are you happy tonight? Are you praising the Lord tonight? Are you glad to be in church tonight? Weather's turning, warming up a little bit. Ought to put some people in a better mood. Well, they ought to be in a better mood anyway. Cold or hot, rain or snow, like my wife preached, you know, Sunday night about that, that woman of God. She don't let snow hinder her from carrying out her work for the Lord, providing for her family. You know, there's some good points she made in that message. It was good. And, I mean, it, the Lord touched me through some things she said. And that, and that, that, that proverb, man, that deals with a lot of issues if people will just let God have his way. And, you know, there ain't no place for laziness in the kingdom of God. And you don't look for, Christians don't look for excuses to get out of doing something. They look for a reason to do something. Amen. We look for a reason to get involved in something, to do something productive for the kingdom of God. So it was a good, good message. Amen. We're going to take up the offering tonight and pray for us. For those of you watching through the Internet, we want you to help us and support us to do what God's called us to do. As I said, we're talking a little buggy flying around. He ain't flying now. Um, they like to try to make their way in here when it starts warming up. Then we we go see me swatting from time to time, maybe knock a wasp out of the air or something, but we make it through. But we're trying to plan a trip to Africa in October, talking with the pastors to pray for us. As Lucas was praying when he opened the room, I, I sensed the presence of God just when you started talking about it. So I know that God wants to move, and I believe he's going to set this up and help make it work for us. So we need you to help to give, to help get us there, take care of us and feed us, because you don't want us to starve in Africa. I know y'all don't want us to go without now. So we got to eat. we got to have a place to sleep. we got to be taken care of. Got to have airline ticket. And I know we have some money in missions. I don't know exactly how much, but we can't ever have enough. So give, give, give to help us. And I believe that God's going to open more doors in the days to come. They're not shutting. They're going to open. Amen. It ain't shutting. It's going to open. Amen. Things might look a little idle at times. That's okay because that's the way God works sometimes. He just lets everything be kind of idle. But then all of a sudden, here comes the pressure cooker. He'll turn it on. And he'll start doing stuff. He'll start moving and doing things. You just got to learn how to let Jesus be Jesus in the idle times. When things ain't going your way. When you ain't feeling the Holy Ghost every day. You got to learn how to walk by faith. Amen. And not by sight. So let's take up the offering and thank you for those watching. I hope that you're blessed. And I pray that this message you heard Sunday has blessed your socks off. Because there's more to come. Amen. God is moving in this church. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word tonight. We thank you for your spirit. We ask that you would have your way in this church tonight, God. We ask that you would have your way in the hearts and lives of those that are given. And, Lord, I pray that you would bless them, God, that you would bless them abundantly with every single thing that they need and then some. Lord, you are a more than enough God. And you can supply all of our need according to your riches in glory, as your word says. Touch everybody tonight, meet their need, move through the camera, and rest. Your, let your spirit rest upon this service tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. We exalt thee. We exalt
exalted far above all gods. And thou, O Lord, art high above all the earth, the sea, the sky, and thou art exalted far above all gods, and we exalt thee, we exalt thee, oh Lord, for God. Highly exalted above all names, and at that name every knee shall bow, and every tongue, every tongue confess. We
that Jesus shed oh, for me. It was way back, oh, way back on Calvary. That gives me my strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. I know that it reaches to the highest mountain. I know that it flows. Gives me my strength from day to day. It will never lose all its power. I know that it reaches to the highest mountain. I know that it flows to the song mm. that line that one song she was singing relight the fire the church needs the fire relit amen, amen. we need the, the fire to burn praise God I got a feeling that God is up to something good amen some good good things are coming for those that will trust him and believe him it's not going to happen for everybody but for those that are looking for it, those that are watching, those that are waiting, those that are expecting, they're going to see a move of God. God takes pleasure in moving when it gets really dark and really bad and people get really down. God takes pleasure in showing up and showing out and doing things. Amen. Going back to the book of Colossians tonight. Chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3, and we're going to start reading at verse 
16. It's Colossians 3, 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Let's pray. Lord, we ask you to anoint your word tonight. We ask you to touch people tonight, Lord, those that are sick. Lord, we know we have people, we have friends, we have family, associates, people that are sick, Lord, that need a touch, people in the hospital, maybe some on a deathbed, maybe some in a nursing home, wherever they may be. Lord, we pray, God, that you would touch them, that you would move upon them, that you would bless them, that you would heal their bodies, that you would touch their minds, that you would speak to their mind, Lord, that you would speak to their spirit, speak to their heart, and give them comfort, Lord, in knowing that you are God and you are in control. Lord, we pray tonight that you have your way in this service as we feel your presence, Lord, and your peace. Let it permeate every person in this place tonight, every person watching tonight, those who need a touch, those who need to be enlightened, those who need to know the truth. Lord, let them hear what they need to hear tonight and lift them up in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Again, the the Apostle Paul is addressing the issues that were going on in this early church, we believe, young church is started by a young man that was most likely saved under Paul's ministry sometime. But at the time that Paul wrote this, again, he was not free and traveling from town to town doing evangelism. He was a prisoner in Rome. He was treated like a criminal (laughs) and uh, locked up, so to speak, for doing nothing except preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and doing everything he could to get people saved, to get people to come to know Jesus Christ. That's about all you need. That's about all you need to be doing to get persecuted. Is just witness to people, have a desire to try to get other people to Jesus Christ and make an effort to do so and don't worry, Satan will fight you. He'll try to hinder you. He'll use Anybody, everybody he can. He'll use any situation. He'll use the government. He'll use some of the church world, apostates, unbelievers, atheists, uh, Christ haters, Christ rejecters, religious people, religious fanatics. (laughs) They're They're not crazy over Jesus. They're crazy over their stupid religion that doesn't do anything for anybody. And so last week we talked about the things that Paul said uh, that, they, that, that we need to put off. And he, he gave us a comparison between the old and the new. And he told us that basically that our old man is dead. The old us has been crucified with Jesus Christ. Now, we, we now are to set our affection on the things above and not on the things of the earth. And he's not talking about television. He's not talking about you watching the Super Bowl. He's not talking about any of that stuff. The comparison, the difference is between whether or not your faith is in what Jesus Christ has done for you through his crucifixion, burial, and his resurrection and being seated by the right hand of the Father versus your mind being on yourself and what you do, how much you do it. And, and, and there's the, the difference there is that if you go God's way, you'll have victory over the flesh. You'll have victory over sin. But if you don't, then he said, then, then what's going to happen is 
we're going to find ourselves operating like we did when we were lost. We're going to find ourselves acting like we did when we were lost. And he said, don't you know that, the, that hey, that the children of disobedience out there, the Jesus rejectors, the whoremongers, the perverts, the alcoholics, the ones that don't want your God, that don't you know that the, the wrath of God one day is going to come down upon them. But hey, you too better be careful that you don't find yourself backtracking, that you don't find yourself being dominated by sin that Jesus has already broken the power of and you need to keep your eyes on him. Your focus has to be on things above, not on things of the earth, meaning what you do, who you are, what church you go to, whether you've been baptized in water or not, whether you go to church on Saturday or not, all of that stuff has nothing to do with your salvation. Nothing. It's all wrapped up in what Jesus Christ has done. So that's what it means when, it, when he says, set your affection on things above and not on the things of the earth. Because Paul said, you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. I'm sniffling a little bit. Now, I've been doing good all day. Hadn't had any problems when I come to church and get ready to start preaching. And here we go. Just like she said the other night. But that's just the way it is. It's normal. So bear with me like you did with her. <laughs> so he said, we, at one time, we used to live this way. We lived in all these sins that he talked about that the world commits. We lived in them. And he said that we now, we have to put off all of these things. We're not controlled any longer by a spirit of anger. Thank God. We're not controlled any longer by wrath. We're not controlled any longer by, by malice or, or envy and jealousy and blasphemy and filthy communication, you know, that used to come out of our mouth. Praise God, we don't talk like we used to talk. You better not. You better not be talking like you used to talk. Because the old man, Paul says, seeing that you have put off, you have put off the old man with his deeds. Not only was the old man put off and crucified, but his deeds, all the deeds have been put off. They've been stopped. And now you're a new creation. You're a different person. You're walking in newness of life. And he said, we put on the new man. He said, we put on, we put off something and we put on something. You know, really, though, we didn't do it. He did, but we play a part. He is the one who put off and crucified and killed the old man. And he is the one who raised up a new man. He's the one who has created the new man in righteousness and in holiness. And we're now, we're being renewed in that knowledge. Every day, it's all about Jesus. Every day, it's all about him. It's all about him and what he did. And my faith in that keeps me on the straight and narrow. And then if I do something wrong or I get in the flesh or I come up short, then the Holy Spirit will convict me, man, and he'll touch me and he'll deal with me. And he's okay, let's get that right. Let's fix that, clean it up. Let's change that. Let's get, let's, let's, let's get victory over that and let's get on beyond that. That's the God I serve. The God who's, who wants to change us. And take things out of us. But we have to stay in the process. So this is a daily process. A daily surrendering. A daily admitting that you can't do it. But Jesus has already done it. And he, he told us that there's, that there's no difference. God doesn't play favors. It doesn't matter whether you're Jew whether you're Gentile, whether you're Greek, whether you're from Africa, whether you're from 
Pakistan, whether you're from Mexico, no matter what area, what nation you are from, if you are a born-again Christian and you have accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, no matter what your skin color is, God says that we are all one in Christ. There are, there are no skin barriers. There's no barriers. And while I'm there, I'd, I want to say this. I, I'd like to see some black people in this church. I'd like to see some more. I'd like to see some Hispanic people in this church. I'd like to see some diversity here. I'd like to see some people, you know, that, that, that God, that Jesus died for. And if you're watching and maybe, I don't know, maybe I hope that you are and maybe you're a person of color and you think, well, I just don't know if I'd fit in. If you're a child of God, you fit in. Color don't matter. Color doesn't matter. If I had to paint myself black to match you, come on. I give me some spray paint and let them paint me up. Make you feel better. Skin color don't matter. God don't look at the skin color. It's the heart. If you're born again, the color doesn't matter. The nation doesn't matter. It's 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 God's plan for everybody. God knows we could use some soul up in this church. So I'll tell you, some of the best churches I've ever been to is a few black churches. You talk about some praise and worship, man. And ain't afraid to praise God. We need that. We need that in our churches. We need sometimes, some of y'all need somebody to stir y'all up. Because you white folk can't dance. (laughs) But you get off in the spirit, you can. But he said there's, there's, there's no difference whether you're circum, in circumcision or uncircumcision. None of that stuff matters because that's not what God looks at. He said Christ is all and Christ is everything and he is all and in all. So he said that we need to, we need to put on. We put off some things and we put on some things. We have to learn again. I'm going to go back through these real quick. We have to, number one, he said we're holy and we're beloved. We're holy. You're supposed to be holy and you're the beloved of God. He said we need to put on bowels of mercies. We need to have compassion on people. We need to have kindness. We need to be useful to help other people. Humbleness of mind. It's humility. Meekness. Long-suffering. How much can you put up with? Fruit of the Spirit. That this fruit of the Spirit is supposed to be growing in us, developing in us, not diminishing. You're not supposed to be losing your love for people. You're supposed to be gaining it. You're not supposed to be losing your forbearance with people that agitate you. You're supposed to be able to put up with it more. Hello? You're supposed to be able to have long-suffering fruit of the Spirit. It means... That means that God helps us to be to to enable us to deal with people even more at times, and to see that that there's a person there, there's a soul there, there's somebody that God's dealing with, somebody God may be you know working with or trying to save, and so it may just be us putting up with some stuff that sees them come to know Him. It may be you're putting up with another immature Christian's immaturity and showing mercy that helps bring them to more maturity. Forbearing with one another. (laughs) Got to be patient with one another. Put up with each other. (laughs) Forbearing with one another and forgiving one another. No options. You have to forgive. No matter what it is, no matter what the situation, you have to forgive. It didn't say, uh, well, you, you can forgive only if, if you know they're truly sorry, if they truly have repented. Uh uh-uh. uh. Forgive. Forgiving one another. Even when you've been wronged and somebody doesn't tell you they're sorry, forgive. 
forgiving one another. And he said, uh, as Christ has also forgiven you. That's why. That's why we need to be practicing forgiveness. Because if you don't forgive other people, then God's withholding forgiveness from you. So you know what that means? Your maturity is going to stop. Your growth is going to stop. Your acceleration is going to stop. It's going to slow down. Because you're, because forgiveness is like a, a bitterness that can become a cancer. Unforgiveness that can set in and it can start hindering you. Then before you know it, it's hindering your praise. You can't even come to church and praise the Lord. Your song leaves. You, can't, you quit singing. You got, you got your mind on uh, everything else. You, you can't get past what something, somebody's done to you, what's happened to you, because you won't let it go. You got to let it go. Let it go. If you got to come down here and let it go, let it go. If you have to get on your knees at home in the bathroom, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Give it to the Lord. And above all these, he said, put on charity. That's love. That's God's love. And you can't fabricate God's love. You can't create God's love. God has to instill his love in your heart. And the only way he can do that is as you understand what Jesus Christ has done for you by shedding his blood to forgive you and me of our stinking sins, of our evil, of our wicked lifestyles. And when we understand how much we've been forgiven, it is not so hard to love other people. To forgive people. Love above all. Love one another. Which is the bond of perfectness. And he said. And then let the peace of God rule. I want peace. The peace of God. Not the peace of a man. The peace of God. Rule in your hearts. Rule. Reign. In your hearts. In uh, which you are also called in one body. And be ye thankful. Not complaining, thankful. Thankful. Thankful for what? (laughs) Thankful that you've been brought out of Egypt. Thankful that you ain't bound by drugs anymore. Thankful that you got a roof over your head. Thankful that you got food to put in your belly. Thankful that you got all of your body parts. Thankful. That you can see, you can hear, you can walk thankful for, for God saving you, for having abundant life. Be thankful instead of complaining and murmuring and going on and on about this one and that one and, and be thankful. And listen, now verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell. That word dwell means to remain. To abide. Let the look the word of Christ. This is the word of God. It's God's word. It ain't just what Jesus said in red letters in the New Testament. It ain't just that. It's the word of God. The word of Christ. The inspired word of God. Let it dwell in you. Dwell. Remain. Okay, it needs to be, it needs to be. Implanted there, it needs to abide there. It needs to remain in your spirit. My wife talked about it Sunday night. If you don't, whatever time you start off your day when you get up, you need to start it off by putting something into your spirit. Not the newspaper, not the news, not CNN or NBC or ABC, the Word of God. Let the Word of God be implanted into your spirit. Because it alone is going to do what needs to be done for you. It's going to create your way of thinking. It's going to create your way of living. But it's got, it's got to be put there and then it's got to stay there. It has to abide. And not only does it need to be there, it says it needs to be there richly, in you richly. That's abundantly. 
not just a little bit of the world. 100,000 Christians know John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Most all Christians know that. But what else do you know? What else from the Word has been implanted into your soul, into your spirit that you can gain wisdom from? Understanding that'll help help that'll help you on the job, help you in the world, help you in the community, help you when you're witnessing to somebody. Let it dwell in you richly in all wisdom. I wrote down the definition of some of these words. This phrase, in all wisdom, this is what it means. In practical wisdom, wise management as shown in forming the best plans and selecting the best means, including the idea of sound judgment and good sense. You know, the Word of God, if you make it your life, you're not always going to memorize every single thing you read. Nobody is. That's not the idea. The idea is to get what you can learn from it down into your spirit. It's not about memorizing 100,000 verses. You're not going to do that. It's about getting what you can, spiritual truths revealed by the Holy Spirit and planted into your soul. And when it happens, look, God will give you wisdom. Wisdom will begin to be developed in your life and not just in church, but in your everyday life, life in general. God can give you wisdom understanding, knowing how to do something that you wouldn't be able to even know how to do by, by your own means, on the job, helping you to figure things out that other people would scratch their head out that with high, high school diplomas and college graduates and can't figure out how to fix it. And here comes somebody, ain't finished school, ain't got out of the ninth grade and filled with the Holy Ghost in love with Jesus and knows how to apply wisdom and God shows them how to fix something and, huh. Who looks like the fool then? It's practical wisdom. It's wise management too as shown informing the best plans and selecting the best means, including the idea of sound judgment and good sense. In a higher sense, wisdom is deep knowledge and moral insight. You can have a deeper knowledge of the Word of God. You can have more insight to the Word of God in, in the moral sense, in the spiritual sense, not just in the natural, but in the supernatural, in the spiritual in other words, let the word of God be your guide. I had some people just yesterday brought a car down for me to work on. And they were telling me what it was doing. Because I, when somebody, you know, tells me they got a problem or something or whatever, whether it was in AC business or this, even what I'm doing now, I ask, okay, tell me what's going on. Tell me what's it doing. I'm trying to kind of get a feel for symptoms to see if I can you know, kind of get ahead and figure out what maybe to look at, what 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 it might be. And they dropped this car off. It says, they said, my car, I, I start it. I get down the road. That thing stopped on me. I turn it all way off and completely reset it. I turn it back on, start it. It started up again. I ran down the road. It was running good. And it did it a few times. And we were afraid to drive it anywhere. And as they were telling me this, I was in my spirit. I said, it's losing connection somewhere. It's losing a connection. And this, this is what came to me. As they were telling me this in the office in there, about 17 years ago, I had a little 1999 white Mustang. And every once in a while, that car would do that, and it'd die on me. And we, I was going over the mountain and cross for one day. And it did that. And I was going to Middle Tennessee, I think, to see some family. And it did that, and it died. And I had to pull over on the side of the road, and I was like, now, Lord... Help me with this. You know, I got to get over there. You know, what a good run a little car, but it would do it from time to time. I popped the hood. I'm looking around and everything, and, and, and 
And I was asking the Lord to help me, and I was reaching around, and I was touching some things, and I grabbed this little wire, and this little wire, it moved a little bit. And I looked at that wire, and I followed it back, and it was my ground wire. My ground wire was loose. That's what's wrong with some of y'all. <laughs> your ground wire is loose. You're missing. <laughs> some of you watching, your ground wire is loose. You're missing too much. You get to church. And I, I think I had a pair of pliers or something and tightened that wire up and got in and hit the ignition. That car started every single time from then on. And yesterday, when they, they left, I pulled their car in. I popped the hood. I immediately, first thing I looked at, I looked at the battery, and here I am looking at the battery. Both battery terminals are corroded with corrosion. And I said, there's the problem. It's losing connection. It's not getting a good connection. I pulled those wires off, cleaned those terminals and everything real good, called them back later, said, your car's fixed, you can come get it. I said, really? I said, yeah, I, I think I pretty much got the problem fixed. It's, you're... you're Battery terminals are corroded. They came and got it, drove off, hadn't heard from them since. The Lord knows how to give you wisdom. I'm telling you. And, and see, some people, they'll try to explain stuff like that away. You ain't going to explain it away with me. Now, we, we're supposed to have general knowledge of things, how stuff works. Lucas knows he's a mechanic. Electrical stuff, basics and everything. But sometimes... You run into stuff that you'd be scratching your head. You know, and like, Lord, I doubt, help me here. And then all of a sudden, here comes some help. Might not come right when you want it, but he'll, he'll help you. He'll show you. I'm talking about wisdom. God will give you wisdom to do things. And, and this can be applied to our daily lives richly, all wisdom. Well, I know the way to your meaning is spiritual wisdom of the Word of God, but that practical wisdom, even in your everyday life, you need it. And to know how to, to run things, to, to manage things, to do things. He said this, in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in the psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Teaching, what's that? It means by, to do it either by the word, by teaching it, or by your conduct. My wife, I think, said it Sunday night. The best teaching that you can give somebody is your conduct. How you conduct yourself as a Christian. They watch you. Let them read you. Let them get the information they need from you by watching you. Teach people by doing your best to live it. And, and, and teaching by instruction, teaching by the word. Teaching one another, teaching and admonishing one another. The word admonishing, admonish there also means to warn or to correct. See, there's the part, everybody will, does real good with me when I talk about the love and the mercy and the wisdom and the grace. But now when we start talking about the uh, admonition and the correction and the warning, but you got to have that too. While the while you, while while we have the teaching and the preaching, we got to have the warning and the correction. Warn for what? Warn people don't go astray. Don't leave God's word. Don't leave God's way. Don't leave the message of the cross because that's where you're going to find the wisdom. That's where you're going to find the freedom. That's where you're going to find the deliverance from your sin. Don't leave it. Second Timothy uh, 3.16, Paul said that all Scripture is given by God. All. Not some, all scripture is given by God and is profitable. It's profitable for what? For doctrine. Doctrine is systematic teaching. In case you don't know what doctrine is, 
You need to learn what it is. Doctrine is your belief systems. Doctrine is belief patterns, systems of of doctrines from the word. The rapture, the second coming, salvation, sanctification. These are all doctrines that are repeated over and over in the word of God. And you got to get them down into your soul. You That doctrine needs to be established in your heart. All scripture is given by God, profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That's why we need it. And it's not just for the preacher. It's for everybody. Teaching and admonishing one another in what? Psalms and hymns. And spiritual songs. See, this is why we sing in church. This is why we have musical instruments in church. This is why we come, when we start the service, we try to start with praising the Lord. Because it sets the tone for the preaching and teaching and the doctrine. It helps to open the heart up. Well, it's supposed to. It does for some. It's supposed to help open the spirit up. Teaching. And admonishing one another in Psalms, hymns, spiritual doctrine. What's a psalm? psalm? A psalm is singing. And it, it also implies using musical instruments. Interesting. You got the Church of Christ that says, well, you're not supposed to play instruments in church, but this says otherwise. Singing with musical instruments. Matter of fact, the music most of the time makes it sound better. It adds to. Not that, like Michaela did earlier, I mean, you can sense the Spirit of God with no music. I, I, I like to have it both ways. But it implies having the musical instruments. In the Psalms, David, his choirs, they had musical instruments. That was the Old Testament. Well, this right here is in the New, and it says we need to be doing it now. <laughs> in Psalms and hymns, what's a hymn? It's a song or a hymn that is in honor of God. While the psalm is the story of man's deliverance or commemoration of mercies received, the hymn is a magnificent or expression declaration of how great someone or something is. Well, guess who that someone is that we ought to be magnifying? Guess who that someone is that we ought to be shouting about. Guess who that someone is that we ought to be clapping to? His name is Jesus. How great is our God? So when we come together, we ought to be doing this. And not just to come and be, just to do it, but to praise God, to get our minds on the Lord, to Take your burdens to him, to take your problems to him, to sing to him, to help your spirit. Spiritual songs. We're supposed to be singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Not the world's songs. Songs that lift up the Lord Jesus Christ. Spiritual songs. Songs that take you into an atmosphere of worship to God. And most of the music today in the church world does not do that. I had to go to the doctor's office yesterday for my checkup to have it on J103, Christian Station, I guess. I don't listen to it. And after hearing some of the songs on there yesterday, I don't want to listen to it. 
Some are okay. There are some few. But it did absolutely nothing for me sitting in an office waiting. Nothing. Didn't, didn't lead me into any type of worshiping God. It's most of it is entertainment. It's secularized. And even though some, some of them may sing some of the songs that are even good songs, they're spiritual songs, there's no anointing. It's entertainment. Spiritual songs is that which is of the Spirit. It truly takes you in to worship. It's, it's a body. It speaks of the body that is dominated by the Spirit of God in contrast to a natural or a soulish body. Which one are we? The spiritual man wants to be fed spiritual things. The natural man, the fleshly man, likes that fleshly music. We're supposed to be doing this. And we're to be, look, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Huh. Doesn't matter how, how good you sing. And it ain't about just coming to church and singing. You can be driving down that road, making melody in your heart to the Lord, singing to the Lord. And he don't care what your voice sounds like. He wants your heart. Singing. Spiritual songs making, uh, giving, uh, let me go back up a little bit. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. With grace to the Lord. Now, why was Paul saying all of these things to them? Because some people had gotten off track. Issues had arisen in the church. People start getting in the flesh. People start listening to stuff they shouldn't be listening to. They start getting drawn off into the false religion, false doctrine. Then they start losing their praise. They start losing the anointing. They start losing the worship. They start losing the relationship. Verse 17, he said, Whatsoever you do, whatsoever you do, that's everything. In your work, in your career, in your family, and maybe if you play sports, whatsoever you do in word or deed. In word or deed. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Glorify God. Glorify Jesus Christ. Let him get some glory on your job. Let him get some glory when he gives you the answer to something that you didn't have the answer to and you, you now you got something to help somebody. Don't walk off like, well, look what I did. You better start remembering who the one is that's giving you what you need. <laughs> If he puts extra money in your pocket, you better start thanking him instead of your job. You better start getting back to, to, to thinking, hey, Jesus, it's all about Jesus. Everything that I do, I need to glorify him in the name of the Lord Jesus because he's the one that's providing everything I need. And he said, giving thanks to God and the Father by him, giving thanks to God the Father by Jesus Christ, by Jesus and what he has done for us on the cross because in him is everything that we need. In him is wisdom. In him is understanding. In him is knowledge. 
in him is a good job. In him is the right husband. In him is the right wife. In him is everything you need. So if we will get back to glorifying him, worshiping him, serving him, making life all about him, then guess what? Things are going to change for us. Things are going to change. Your excitement for the Lord will come back. Your fire, your desire will begin to burn like it's supposed to because it's all about him. I'm going to stop there because I can't even start with the next subject. It's got to wait because it's going to take some time getting through the wives and the husband stuff (laughs) and the children because we're going to have a family meeting here probably for about the next month (laughs) in the gospel. (laughs) Pick up where my wife left off. Praise the Lord. Stand to your feet tonight. I hope you've been blessed. I hope you've been touched and that you've gotten something from the Word of God tonight. Come back to church Sunday morning. Have prayer meeting Saturday morning, 9 o'clock if you can come. Come and be a part of it, and we would love to see you. You know, I think it was the last prayer meeting. We had a good crowd. People showed up, and we had a good prayer meeting. That's proof that the more y'all that come, the better that it is. Come make it better. Come and come pray with us. Because the Lord, he moved, he touched, and we had a good prayer meeting. I was really surprised. I was very happy to see as many people come to the prayer meeting because we need to be praying, amen? So come if you can and bring somebody with you. You don't have to come to this church, be a member of this church to come pray. You can come pray. Come pray with us. And you never know what God might do, amen? Praise the Lord. Let's, let's pray now. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for your spirit, for your power for your love for your mercy and lord i pray god that you would take us out of this place tonight that as we leave that we would take the word of god and that we would take it down deep into our heart where the change takes place and that lord you would take it to other people through us and lord we thank you tonight again we praise you as the word said that we need to be thankful in everything and to give you all of the glory. Help us not to forget to do it, Lord. And Lord, we pray again for those that are sick, that you touch them wherever they are, that you bless them, speak to them. And Lord, those that couldn't make it tonight, we ask you to lay your hand upon them and bring us all again safely together at the next appointed time. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. love you, and we'll see you Saturday or Sunday. We hope you were blessed by the live service from Family Worship Center in Athens, Tennessee. Our weekly services are Sunday at 10.30 a.m., Sunday at 5.30 p.m., and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee. Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee 37303. For more information, you can call the church at 423-744-0774.